0: Four minutes after the
4: hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. For the next two hours, you're stuck with me. Unless, of course, you want to push a different button on your radio. But this is all about car show. This is a car show. Self-defense for car expense. If you have a car question, car problem, it's easy. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The first segment, though, we're going to talk about stuff I want to talk about. But this portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Larry Harker's Auto Repair, at 38th Avenue and in Indian School. He's been around since 1967, but Bob and Ellen are the two principals, and Ellen handles the front counter and the repair orders, and Bob handles the shop. He's really good. He's probably one of the best diagnosticians that I know, and he has this uncanny ability. Well, I don't know if it's uncanny ability. He has this drive that the car just challenges him, and he's not going to let the car win. So if you're anywhere near 38th Avenue Nain School, I think you should be doing business with Larry Harker's Auto. However, no matter where you're at in the valley, if you've got the story that starts off with, nobody can fix my car, then call Larry Harker's Auto and maybe talk to Bob. Okay, you're not going to believe this story I'm going to tell you, but it's true. it's the truth, <laughs> I swear to you. So a friend of mine is driving his Mercedes somewhere in Scottsdale. And uh, he, he's probably on his phone, but I don't know that to be sure. And he hits a curb with the left front tire. Now, he knocks a, a piece of the wheel off, but the tire's still inflated. So he's still able to drive it. So um, he, he calls and he says, he actually was talking to my son. He said, um, I just hit a curb and I need a new tire and a new wheel. And I need three airbags. And Alan says, what happened? And he goes, well, I'm just driving down the road. And he says, I just kind of hit a curb. And he says, hitting the curb was nothing (laughs) compared to the three airbags popping that almost made me wet my pants. He said, the curb hit on a one one to ten was a minus one. It was nothing. But the explosion of these three airbags... And they come out of the seat, and they come out of the ceiling, so they're going to blow apart the leather stitching. And Then he goes, and the next thing I know, I'm covered in white dust. And he says, there's yellow airbags in front of me to the left of my head and even to the back seat. He says, it's the most amazing (laughs) crash I've ever been in. But he said, and I'm sitting there in the middle of the street, and I'm covered in white dust, and I just don't know what to do. So he says, I get out and look, and the tire's fine. And he says, well, he says I'm just going to drive back home. Now, I bet he's got a 20-mile drive home. So he drives back home, and when he pulls onto his street, the story goes that there's lots of policemen there. So he pulls up, and he gets out, and he says, what's the matter? What's the matter? And they said, are you okay? And he goes, well, yeah, I'm okay. Why? And they said, well, Mercedes-Benz has been calling us and they knew that your airbag's deployed in another zip code. Then they saw you, the car moving, so they didn't know if somebody had stolen your car or if they didn't know if you were unconscious and the car was driving without you. (laughs) So they call the police, and the police are watching for him as he proceeds from Scottsdale to his house. And evidently they have police all along the path trying to find him. Well, it wouldn't have been hard to find him because he had all these big airbags on his head and on his shoulders and stuff. So this repair is going to be somewhere in the vicinity of five, $6,000. And a lot of the airbags are within the seat and within the ceiling. So when you have an airbag blow out of the seat, then you have to open up the seat, put a new airbag in it, and then you have to stitch the seat back together. So there's processes for all of that kind of stuff so he said to the policeman they didn't say anything to me on the on you know my my radio system they didn't say hey are you okay they didn't talk to me he said i had my radio on so folks there's a lot of you that have that ability you have the ability and you're connected through your entertainment system to a satellite and uh, and they're watching you and they sell that service to you um, for this kind of an issue. Um, When the airbags pop, we know it and we'll send help. Um, I suggest to you when your airbags pop and you're in a crash that there's five other people there with cell phones that are going to be calling. Um, So I don't know that that's important, but I'll tell you what bothers me about this and it's a privacy issue. It's just like the insurance company that tells you to plug this thing in under your dash. You have to understand that that little gizmo tells them everything about your driving habits. How hard you accelerate, how hard you brake, how fast you turn, what the speed limit is on the road, what your speed is. How many times do you hit the brakes lightly? How many times do you jam on the brakes? How fast you are going? Everything about you. And so they know how to charge you for insurance based on your driving. So they know where you're at and they know what the speed limit is on the road. So if the speed limit on the road is 45 and you're doing 61, even if it's in the middle of the night, that's a check against you. So I don't like the privacy part of that. I don't like somebody keeping track of me. I don't like somebody watching me drive. I don't even want them to know what radio station I'm on. And one of the things that we're seeing now is is we're seeing the manufacturers come on your entertainment system and they say, "Uh, good morning, Mr. Salem. How are you? Fine. Thank you very much for asking. Who the heck is this? Well, I'm your car maker. And I just noticed that you crossed over um, 5,000 miles and you're due for an oil change. And I know where you're at, and actually, I can make an appointment for you right now at this dealerships that's three miles away, and I will guide you to their service drive if you want me to so obviously the independent market, which which I am part of, we're not real happy about this and them guiding you in. We're not happy that they know your mileage. We're not happy that some of that work is not going to be in our bays. But we think at the end of the day it will still be a quality and a price issue. So we're going to stick around and, and uh, do what we can do. So that's what uh, happens when you hit a curb with a Mercedes. But in, in the Mercedes defense, in order for you to blow the airbags, there has to be an instantaneous loss of speed and then it's, it's within 100 milliseconds and that's a very short period of time. So, For instance, if you're driving along at 20 and he hits the curb and, he, and all of a sudden his speed in 100 milliseconds, his speed drops from 20 to 10. Depending on a lot of the things, the airbags might pop. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It has a lot to do with what angle you hit, how fa- how much speed you lost, how much how fast were you going, how much speed did you lose. Now you can have a soft crash where you go into a a, a line of barrels on the freeway, and so you don't have an instantaneous loss of speed. You have a slow loss of speed, and people get upset because the airbag didn't deploy, and it's not supposed to deploy under those slow crash circumstances. But if you're driving along at 40 miles an hour and you hit an oak tree as wide as your car, you're coming to an instantaneous stop. And I can guarantee you if the airbags are there, they're going to pop. All right. Customer complaints. Um, It's no secret that everybody gets customer complaints, including me. So we had a customer, first-time customer, and uh, he writes uh, in a very public manner. He takes us to task. He, he says that um he's disappointed in his visit. He came to me because of the radio and because he had recommended. Um, I made an appointment on the phone and they said they'd be open till six. I got there, and they were closed. He says I try to avoid leaving my car outside repair shops cause thieves know how to get into the night drop to steal the keys. Folks. Nothing could be further from the truth. All of us have steel doors. All of us have alarm systems. All of us have a way to where the keys go through the night drop and nobody with a coat hangers is going to be able to get your keys. I've been in business for 30 some years and I've never had anybody access my key drop. And I don't know anybody who ever has. So I'm in trouble because he thinks that night drops, the keys, people know how, the thieves know how to get into night drops. So he loses a lot of sleep. So it looks like he doesn't have any choice. So I dropped the car off after hours and kept my fingers crossed. You have to understand, somebody picked him up. So he didn't have to leave his car there. But aside from that, I'm already in trouble before I even wake up. So he also, on his note, he, this is what he says, I'm expressing my displeasure with the early closing, which was never, the note was never acknowledged. When you send a nasty gram to us, we're not going to acknowledge your nasty gram, okay? So if you take us to task over something that has absolutely no, nothing in our, our world, then we're not going to do that. So he calls to their credit. They evaluated the car quickly. The news was not good. He says the entire air conditioning had to be replaced. Folks, there's probably 20 or 30 items, and we only had three hard parts in that. So the entire air conditioning is a complete fallacy. We didn't say that. So now he's blown it into proportion. So the AC, the price was twenty three fifty. Wow, am I at least getting Ford parts? And here's where we get into a sideways deal that just goes crazy. He wants Ford parts, and we don't let customers dictate what parts we put in their car. And he wants a three-year warranty. So he wants to dictate what parts, and he wants to dictate the warranty. At this point, we don't want him. He's never been in before. This is his first time. We don't want him. Say that again. So anyway, at the end of the day, um, I write him back and I say to him, "There's no such factory for Ford parts. Um, your your fan belts are made by Continental Goodyear. Your batteries made by um, Johnson Controls. Your oil filter is made by Champ. Your um, alternator is made made by Hitachi, and your mass airflow sensor is made by Denso." Um, what else did I say? Oh, his fuel pump is built by Delphi, which is a spinoff of a General Motors product. <laughs> and so it gets worse and worse and worse. And um, so he won't buy aftermarket parts. And we know that we can buy a Hitachi alternator for a lot less than four dozen. And we know it's already a Hitachi alternator. In his case, it was a compressor. So he's mad at us. And he says, I got a Google search and they have all kinds of compressors that have a three-year warning here's the difference folks the three-year warranty doesn't come with the labor warranty doesn't come with the diagnosis warranty doesn't come with shop supplies environmental charges sales tax and freon otherwise you take the compressor off you send it away three days later you get another one but that's all that happens you have to pay the labor again you have to pay the freon again you have to pay the sales tax the environmental charges and sa- all that stuff where all of us in the industry when their compressor fails your car comes back we do it right then, right there. You don't pay a dime. So you want to wait three days? You want us to do it right then? You want to have the extra cost? So there's a, there's a difference there. That's all there is, is. It's it's up to you. I'm not telling you what to do. So he says he's going to pick up his car. We were very disinterested, and there was no interaction. It's not exactly rude, but no conversation and no attempts to see if there was any way to please me. 48 please. That's what he says. We said $48, please. Okay, fine. I checked around and I found Ford, blah, blah, blah. So I said to him on this complaint that he put on the internet, I said, hey, if you go to Ford, I'll pay the difference. So if they're $200 cheaper than me, I'll give you a hundred bucks. That's all there is to it. I said, but you're wrong about Ford parts. And, And I'll tell you something else about Ford parts you don't know. Ford has two boxes. They have a blue and white one, and then they have a red and white one, and there's a difference. Not much, but there's a difference. But there's a big difference in price. A blue and white one is the part that your car was built. Now let's pretend that Mark Salem makes mass airflow sensors. So your mass airflow sensor goes down. That Mark Salem made that mass airflow sensor, so that's in the blue and white box. So it's exactly the part your car came from last year, last decade, 20 years ago. The red and white box is a mass airflow sensor from John Smith. Now, John Smith is now providing Ford, their mass airflow sensors, but that's not what was on your car originally. So red and white, blue and white, difference in price, but in reality, they're both made by the lowest bidder. <laughs> that's all there is to it. They're both made by the lowest bidder. Here's, here's one last thing. When you buy a house, Jeremy, give me the name of a house builder, just for in the form of an example. Can you think of one? Okay, Jeremy's not talking to me this morning. If, if in fact, let's pretend it's ABC Homes. ABC Homes has a group of people that manage all the subcontractors. So there's a subcontractor that does the footings, the plumbing, the electrical, the roof, the drywall, the painting, the kitchen, the cabinets, everything else. So even though it's ABC Homes, the only thing they do is, is they manage all the subcontractors. That's exactly what Ford is. Ford has no body but subcontractors and they put all those parts together call it a Ford and tell you it's the best they can do but in spite of all of that I'm going to remind you Chevrolet Ford Toyota Honda Chrysler your car is built by the lowest bidder I don't care what you think everybody in our industry knows that to be a fact 602 508 we'll be right back right after this
1: Mark Levin knows we aren't safe. The principle when it comes to foreign policy should essentially be
2: pro-American and prudence. Barack Obama didn't follow that principle. He condemned his own country, and he ran for the hills. As a result of that, North Korea is more powerful than ever. China is more powerful than ever. The Iranian regime is going to get nukes. Are we a safer country? No. Can't hide from this.
1: Mark Levin, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 9, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot.
5: And I wrote this message.
6: When Hurricane Harvey struck Texas and the Gulf Coast over the weekend, the world turned upside down for children and families in its path. When disaster strikes, children suffer in unimaginable ways, and Save the Children is there to meet their unique needs. Even now, Save the Children is in Texas and along the Gulf Coast, making sure hurt and frightened children impacted by Hurricane Harvey get the help they need. To care for and protect children has been the mission of Save the Children for nearly a 100 years. So when tragedies like Hurricane Harvey strike they're prepared and they're on the ground for children and their families around the world and right here at home your 50 dollars right now to save the children will deliver essential supplies for families forced to evacuate including hygiene kits blankets portable cribs and strollers children are counting on us call 888-248-0312. That's 888-248-0312 or give online right now at savethechildren.org/radio. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just got invited
1: to the prom. Do you A meet her date?
7: I need to see your past date report cards, your driver's license, a list of references and this hair sample.
1: B, help her pick out a dress.
7: Don't you just love the long sleeves and turtleneck on this pantsuit? Ugh.
1: C, attend the prom undercover.
2: Mom, what are you doing here? I'm not mom, I'm Calvin, the new kid at school.
1: Or D, capture her big moment.
2: Uh, Let's take a photo of you two.
6: I'm in the middle. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same.
1: For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Hugh Hewitt in the morning to Larry Elder at night with the best live show in the Valley at 3 p.m. with Seth and Chris. The only conservative station in the Valley. 960 The Patriot
0: Hashtag I'm with the Patriot
1: Patriot app tip number one Not only is the Patriot app great for streaming Our live programs You can access all Patriot podcasts Click on the upper left hand corner and select Podcasts to find all our great weekday And weekend programs Download the Patriot app at your app store today
4: Welcome back everybody um, I've got a caller, but real quick Let me finish the story Okay So we write back to this guy that's just all over us like a wet blanket. Hey, thank you, Jim, for your two-star rating, but you're right. We aren't made for one another. Here's another side of the story. Our computers were down. We left a few minutes early. You didn't tell us you were bringing your car in. We didn't know you were bringing your car in, and we're sorry. Um, You know that our computers were down because your work order that you picked up was handwritten, and we did leave five or ten minutes earlier because we just didn't know you were coming. Um, and since 1994, one customer car has been stolen and one was broken into, and both were left outside. Since 1994, we've had two cars messed with in our parking lot. Um... So she goes through, my daughter's writing this, she goes through the, the stuff and tells him about his bid and all that stuff, we always overbid, blah, 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 we have a 10% buffer, we, we're not replacing all your stuff, we're just replacing three components, uh, and then she she's a little snide and she says, make sure nobody charges you for the 17 ounces of freon you already have in your system. Um, we would not do that so when we take it out seventeen we put your seventeen back if you need twenty we add three more we don't let the customer pick the parts for their cars we sell millions of parts a year and we know what's best for our customer um, yeah we know about the parts on the internet yeah we know about sometimes their price less. while well, we know about their warranty but it doesn't really make any difference fifty percent of the parts on the internet are returned as defective we have that from major mouthpieces from the from the uh, parts vendors So what's happening is is folks are taking the new part, they're trying it on their car, it doesn't fix their problem, they put it back in the box and they send it back as defective, 50% of the parts. Ask Rock Auto about that. Um, So we don't want that part when we order a part. I don't want a part that's already been installed, I don't want a box that's all greasy. Um, no part of your Mustang was filled, uh, built in a Ford factory. Um, your mass airflow sensor, Hitachi. Your alternator, Denso. Your belt's Goodyear, your, your battery by Johnson Controls here in Arizona. Motorcraft oil filter was by Champ. Your fuel pump was by Delphi. Your brake pads are by Bendix. Um, blah, blah, blah. And so when you ask for new Ford parts, it makes no difference to us. It's, it's just that you don't know what you're talking about. It, that's it. And it, And we don't let you dictate the parts and dictate the warranty. You were nasty and unpleasant to my staff. We don't want customers demanding the parts and the warranties they want, so we're quite so quite frankly, we're okay with you not coming back based on your reviews of other businesses. It's easy to tell you are hard to please. boom, and he blows up about that. You look at his track record on Yelp. He has five entries and four of them he's unhappy, and one of them he's happy so. I write that in there. So I got a three-page letter that's single-spaced that takes me to task, and we hash this whole thing out, and he wants me to take that off there. Based on your reviews of other businesses, it's easy to tell that you are hard to please. So anyway, that's a day in Mark's life. So if you want to bill me for this psychology um, treatment or my psychiatric (laughs) analysis, I'm okay with that. Jeremy. Jeremy, um, do you know what the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist is?
2: I am not sure. I know there is, but I don't know what it is.
4: Okay. The psychologist has um, typically a master's degree or a doctorate, but the psychiatrist has a medical degree. So in reality, I think narrowed that down is, is that the psychologist tries to fix your head bone by talking to you. And the psychiatrist tries to fix your head bone by giving you drugs. <laughs> I think I'll just take it. the talk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Pat, thank you for holding as long as you did. Pat, how can I help you this morning?
8: Mark, I've got an early nineteen seventies Massey Ferguson thirty B with a gasoline engine, and I could use a little advice from somebody who is older than my tractor. Okay, uh, that's fine. The engine needs to come out for a rebuild. Got major compression loss on two out of four cylinders. And uh, I know how to proceed there. The thing that concerns me about rebuilding this engine is there's cylinder sleeves in there. And I'm wondering, do I have any chance in my barn of removing those old sleeves and putting in new ones? Or should my first step be to find a machine shop?
4: I think the risk and reward of you trying to pull those sleeves and then reseal them and making sure that you don't have a coolant problem or a coolant leak. I think they the op. I think your chances are slim and none. I want you to know that's not something I would try myself. Here's what I want you to do. We have a machine shop that we believe walks on water. We have a guy there that's got gray hair. He has made things. He's fixed things that we didn't think he could fix and i know he's capable of rebuilding motors because i often send him motors so i okay. send the motor in a long block style and you know he goes through everything so um i i don't know the name of the shop but i'm going to tell you to call my shop and ask for jeff in parts right jeff and him. and he's he's a good friend of jeff's and uh, do you want to write down the phone number
8: Uh, for your shop, I know your numbers,
4: so, yeah. Okay. Call Jeff and ask the name of the shop, and then when you call the shop, you say, um, Salem Boys recommended you, and, um, I would like very much to talk to you about this four-cylinder Massey Ferguson with cylinder. Um, you know, you may not need sleeves. Um, you may have rings that are stuck. Um, as he mics out the cylinders and and the pistons and stuff, you may not need that. Or, or maybe you can get a 10000 speaker piston, but he'll be able to help you. He'll be able to help you. If you have any other questions, stay right there. I'm about eight seconds from the end of this segment. So we'll be back, folks. 602-508-0960. I'm Mark Salem. We'll be right back. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher.
2: Getting ready to start flipping houses overnight for a nice profit? The NV Real Estate Academy is now giving away their fortunes in flipping kit for free. This kit has helped thousands of rookie investors just like you learn how to flip houses for large profits, and it can help you too. Call now to get your free kit and learn the secrets of flipping houses with other people's money or partnering with the NV Real Estate Academy Network to get your deals funded. Plus, you'll get their new groundbreaking tax lien investing kit that'll show you how to earn government secured returns. ...up to 18% annually, and how to buy highly discounted tax delinquent properties. Call 1-800-614-2092 now to get your free kit. Call 800-614-2092 now and you'll also get free tickets to a live training event with a free meal, MP3 player, and a flash drive loaded with vital information. Plus a national government auction list of properties for sale. All free, just for attending. Call 800-614-2092, 800-614.
7: Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
1: Patriot app tip number two. Set the Patriot as an alarm clock. Open the app, click in the upper right-hand corner, and select Alarm Clock. It's that easy. And now you'll wake up to the Patriot. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Got an iPhone, BlackBerry, or smartphone? Download the Patriot app for your phone. Just go to your app store or log on to 960thepatriot.com today.
4: All about that demon, Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about cars, and we're going to do that in just one second. Kurtz Auto Repair is a shop that I recommend you try. If you're anywhere near I-17 and Bell, then Kurtz is on the northeast corner. He's a Better Business Bureau Ethic Award winner. And that says a whole lot. He opened his doors in 1987. And one of the criteria of the shops that are on my best car repair shops list is they got to have some gray-haired guys there. These aren't guys that opened up the day before yesterday. These aren't a bunch of kids that uh, decided to open up an auto repair shop, and they have seven, seven tools between the five of them. That's not what it's all about. I'm sending you to guys like Kurtz that know what they're doing, have great customer service, and have great technicians that can diagnose and repair your cars. Again, Kurtz Auto, I-17 in Bell and Phoenix. Jim, Jim good morning to you. How can I help you?
3: Hey, good morning there, Mark. How you doing?
6: Good, good. Thank
4: you.
3: I, good, good. Mark, I listen to you every morning. Uh, well, actually, I hear your commercials when I, when I listen to Mike Gallagher in the morning, and I love the sound of your voice. And they, and they love your confidence. I don't have crack a dawn or a broken heart effect, but <laughs> but my girlfriend does have a 2004 VW Jetta that has a air conditioning problem that that, uh, that she has tried to have fixed and and plunked a lot of money into it and has just not fixed. The um, there there were a lot of codes that were coming on, so many different codes. We brought it to mechanics. mechanic, actually. It was a mechanic in Mesa that had done some other work. Uh, the uh, it was the water pump, some of the timing, that was supposedly fixed. Uh, the AC came on, but then it would shut back off. So we even had it was the air compressor and then the double fans uh, replaced. AC would come on, it would blow very cold, and around maybe five minutes later, shut off. And now it doesn't even come on at all when my girlfriend takes it out. And in all honesty, Mark. They're complaining it's been hot, and sorry? so he "I'm going to call Mark Salem and
4: see what he could do about that. Okay. We just had one of these, um, and actually, in that particular car, what was happening was, is the fan was quit, and when the fan quit, then the high pressure switch, the, the pressure on the high side would skyrocket, and when it gets up to like 350, 400, then it shuts the AC down. So we had the fan quit, then we shut the AC down, and we had hot air. So that was the one, two, three. Now, in your particular case, the question really, I want you to to have her monitor this. She's driving down the road, and it's cold, and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And she she, uh, shuts the air conditioning off, especially the fan blower. Okay. And then I want her to turn the air conditioning back on, and I want her to take the switch, and I want her to work it kind of violently between one and four. So whether it's a rotating switch or it's a vertical switch, I want her to do that. And I want her to take her right fist and hit the top of the dash. Because I think what's going on here, and I'm going to guess, I think the blower motor's bad. I think the blower motor's stopped running. And when we have... Battery power that goes through the switch and then feeds the blower motor. When the blower motor draws excessive electricity, it takes the switch with it. That's why I'm having a mess with the switch. And beating on the top of the dash might fire up that blower motor. Now, if I were you, the blower motor is going to be underneath the glove box or it's going to be outside the car if you can find it. Then she, she brings it home, and it's not blowing cold. She doesn't shut it off. She runs in, and she says, come out here, my hero. Get on your stallion. And you go out there with a hammer, and you touch the blower motor, and it ain't running. And you take your hammer, you hit the blower motor, boom, it comes on, cold air, boom, we're done.
3: Oh, my God. So okay. that's
4: what I want you to try.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and for a minute, I thought you were joking, but it sounds like it sounds like you the back of the old days, what, starter or whatever, you say, take hammers and just knock on them to get to, to kind of like unstick them. So it kind of sounds like the same thing in a sense.
4: No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. See, the fan speed 1, 2, and 3 go through a resistor, mm-hmm. but fan speed 4 goes directly from the battery. So that's why I'm having her jiggle the switch, because if it works on 1, two or three, but not on high where she's keeping it, okay. then that tells me something. So if she bangs on the top of the dash and then all of a sudden it starts blowing cold, more than likely that that fan switch is bad because the blower motor. So it's in the, under those circumstances, we replace the blower motor and the fan switch.
3: Oh, fantastic. Now, another
4: thing we could do is we could take a jumper wire straight from the battery to the blower motor and we could, we could bypass the switch altogether, and if she can put five days together with air conditioning, boom, we got it there, too.
3: Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, I have a feeling that she's she banging on the on the gas anyway and screaming a couple, a couple things <laughs> to no avail because <laughs> she hasn't juggled the switch back and forth. Uh, but, no, that is fantastic, Mark. Thank you. Uh, it's a, okay. Thank you so much. She's listening on, you know, on the other line. She's listening to the live. Uh, you listens know, to the show. Um We'll, we'll try it and, uh, well, we'll let you know. I'll call you back and let you know how it goes. And,
4: and she can always, you know, email me or something, mark at salemboysauto.com, and, and we can talk about this. Uh, I think I can walk her through just level two and level three at least where we can kind of determine. And here's another thing. You're driving down the road and we lose the air. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I hear that there's no volume problem, the problem is volume, there's just the air quits. Right, right. And it's not, it's not that it turns warm, it just quits. Now, if, if it's going to come on, the question then begs to be answered, when the, the volume of air comes back on, I want to know if it's hot or cold. Because okay. if it's cold, that means we got cold there. We don't have the 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 air blowing across the evaporator. The evaporator is okay. the big thing that gets okay. cold. And so when it comes back on, is the air air immediately cold? That means that the compressor and all of that stuff is fine. Okay. It's the blower motor. And then at that point, I bet you double or nothing on the bill that the blower motor's the problem.
3: Okay. And you know, I I, I wonder as as you're saying that, I wonder if. If there are, if there have been some times, in all honesty, that the, I, I don't know if it's necessarily every time that, that it shuts shut the air off completely with no warm or no hot, no cold air, or if it just turns warm. It's just that the, almost like the cold just, it turns to warm. Would that be a, is that, is that an, another condition? If the volume well, is there, but it's just, but it's just not cold.
4: It, that's exactly right it's something totally different okay. we've got an air conditioning compressor shutdown so the question is you already replaced the fans so mm-hmm. there's a high pressure switch and a low pressure switch right. that's about it so now the high pressure switch will just tell us what the what the problem is we're not going to replace the high pressure switch we're going to figure out the problem and the low pressure is likewise the same okay. so okay. either way i think you know enough now to that you you and i can put this together
3: okay oh fantastic Mark. All right. Thank you so Thank
4: much. You. I really appreciate you it. You bet. Captain Ron don't go anywhere cuz I got to take a break, but I'm going to take you first. And um and we're going Captain Ron is a retired um, airline pilot. And um and and I want to tell you I want him to tell you a story that I heard the other day that I thought was just something special. So in about 3 minutes Captain Ron and I are going to have a conversation and we'll be back right after this. We don't
1: talk about important people. We talk to them. While most all of mainstream media and a lot of conservative media were bashing President Trump during the primaries, 960 The Patriot was talking with candidate Trump. Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher, over 20 interviews. How many times did the other Valley news stations have him on the air? That's right. We don't talk about important people. We talk to them.
0: Hashtag I'm with the Patriot.
1: Your voice, your station. 960 The Patriot.
5: And I wrote this message.
1: There's a battle building in America. The future of our country and the conservative movement are being attacked. Racial tensions are rising. The war against radical Islam continues. Illegal immigration, health care, and so much more. September 30th, we take the fight to the stage. Town Hall Media and 960 The Patriot present the Phoenix Freedom Summit. The battle for American greatness comes to the Mesa Arts Center. Saturday, September 30th, best-selling author Dinesh D'Souza, Mike Gallagher, Larry Elder, Seth and Chris, and a panel of town hall experts tackle the mainstream media and culture that has become so opposed to the American Greatness agenda. Get limited VIP meet-and-greet tickets, preferred seating, or general admission right now. Tickets at 960thepatriot.com. D'Souza, Gallagher, Elder, Seth, and Chris. The Phoenix Freedom Summit. The battle for American greatness starts with you. September 30th, event and ticket information at
0: 960thepatriot.com. play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. It's Meals on Wheels. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
1: Patriot app tip number four. Listening to the Seth and Chris show from 3 to 6 p.m. and want to chime in? Open your Patriot app, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. 960 the Patriot with the most important voice yours have your voice heard use the hashtag I'm with the Patriot on Twitter or Facebook now
4: well welcome back everybody let's see what time it is 46 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock and you know there's people out there that can't go get a cat scan because they can't sit still in that big stupid tube that you're in there's people out there that can't walk barefooted. There's people out there that are scared to death of doctors and needles. There's people out there that are scared to death of flying. So Captain Ron has a business called Fearless Flight. And what they do is is they help people overcome their fear of flying. And I'm pretty sure it's not by tossing them out of the airplane with a parachute, right? captain that's ron
8: ultimate, that's the ultimate solution <laughs> we, we usually hold that
4: in the curve. <laughs> okay all right i need you to get close to your phone and i, I can't be on bluetooth because jeremy's going to get mad at me but uh, uh, see, how, how let me do it this do way you, that's better there you go perfect how many people um what percentage of folks do really have a terrible fear of flying and, and don't fly because of that fear
8: you know mark it's the, the numbers range because it's all self-reported but you know, back in 1981, Boeing aircraft did a study. They said 18%. Uh, I would say that's still a pretty good number. You know, so you're looking, I figure conservatively, about 60 million people in, in the U.S. Uh, have, a, have a fear of flying that, that they, they alter their behavior for. So they either, they either get freaked out on the airplane, I call them white knucklers, or they won't go. Those are avoiders. But, yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's really substantial.
4: All right, now, when I board an airplane, usually there's a lady there, and sometimes there's a pilot there greeting people. Can you see that person, that white knuckle person, when you're standing there greeting all the people that are boarding your airplane?
8: No, you really can't. Now, some, some people will, will open up to you, but, but because there's almost a greater sense of embarrassment that there is whatever they're afraid of, a lot of people will hide that. And, uh, and, you know, one of my biggest, one, a lot of the people have this fear that they'll, they'll be exposed and embarrassed, you know, so they'll, they'll really internalize it. And I remind them that when you look around, you know, they say, well, everybody else seems to be doing okay. You know, why is it just me? And I say, well, it's just because they're just as good at hiding it as you are. So it's, <laughs> we really couldn't tell. But I, but I, when, you know, when I was toward the latter part of my career after 9-11, I'd always wanted to go back and talk to the people before we shut the door. And I did that. Uh, and it was the most, it, it was a career changing thing for me. It changed the way I uh, approach my job. But so I would, when we get within a couple minutes of closing the door, I would walk through the back of the airplane stop multiple times on a 737 and i would just greet the people personally and i and instead of using the pa that's when i'd say hey we're going to la today you know thirty-five thousand feet should be a smooth ride and all that because i knew after flying with people or working with people for 25 years that were afraid to fly i knew that about 25 percent of them had some level of fear when they got on that airplane
4: You know, I I'm kind of an Henri guy, so it's a good thing that I wasn't a pilot because (laughs) I would have walked to the back of the airplane and grabbed a bottle of scotch that had some brown water in it, and I would have walked forward, and we would have had the whole plane. What do they say? Disembarking. We would have had everybody just running out of there. Well, I didn't say that I did it with. I didn't
8: say that I did it with a straight face. I. Humor all the time, and you and I, you know, my dad used to say, Full of pea and vinegar," you know, and and uh, yeah. I, when when you've I've talked when I brought my car in, you know, we've talked in it, right on. I said, "You you are uh, you know a fellow spirit there," but uh, yeah, I do use a lot of humor, you know, and I try not to terrify them, but but. Uh, I would make jokes that, you know, one day we got to the airplane and, the, and they had the uh, one of the access panels on the engine open up. But I don't know what they're doing, putting in oil or something like that. So I come through the gate there and I notice, you know, people looking out the window. And so when I got on there, the first thing I said is, how many of you are real crazy about getting on the airplane that they had the hood open on the engine? There? And, you know, and everybody looks at me with stark terror. I said, well, think about it. Would you rather get on the airplane not knowing there's something wrong or would you like to get on one that they just fixed?" you know? And I said, I don't yeah. know what they did with it, but I don't care because I got a law book that they have to sign off. There's rules and regulations behind it, and the people that fix them are professional. And so I said, I'm right with you. I'm the first one to the scene of the accident, so I'm really interested in the outcome of this flight. And then, you know, there's a okay. pause where they say, did he say he's the first one to the scene of the accident? You know, so, yeah, so that's my right. version of, of drinking the brown water. But, yeah, humor, okay. humor helps. Tell- so
4: Cover, cover, beginning to end of your career. You you started when and you ended when?
8: Right over here in 1969, I went through Williams Air Force Base to get my undergraduate pilot training. I actually, started at the Air Force Academy a few years before that. And uh, But I, I did my formal pilot training, got my Air Force wings over here in 1969, went to Vietnam for a year, came back and, and flew t thirty eight, which is a, the advanced trainer that the Air Force uses to teach its new pilots. And then I ended up, I finished my, my stint in the Air Force as an instructor teaching uh, the instructor pilots that would uh, teach the new guys. And then, and then, when I got out, I went with Frontier Airlines up in Denver. They uh, they went bankrupt after about nine years after I've been there. Came down here to America West in the Valley, and I've been a Valley resident ever since. And uh, and taking my cars over to have you fix them because I don't do cars.
4: All right. So my mother is just absolutely f- has a fear yeah. of flying, and so I call you up and I say, you "Explain to me the process."
8: Okay. Well if she lives does she live in the valley here?
4: Yes, yes.
8: Yeah, well perfect. So the first thing is just come out to one of the monthly classes that we have at the airport. Uh, next one is a week from tonight at at 4:30 uh, at Sky Harbor and and they can just go to my website fearlessflight.com and you can register for it. It's free, it's fun. And that's the best way for somebody who lives locally here to do that. I do webinars online. You know what a, what a great thing the Internet is and, and a lot of this stuff. But but the best thing would just bring her out and uh, and let her experience it. We're going to just spend a little bit of time in a classroom and then a little bit of time on an actual airplane. So we cover the, both of those bases, and we answer a lot of questions. And, and we, we help people realize that what they really need is the confidence to know that when their anxiety comes up, they'll be able to – get some tools and some strategies to cope with that. And once they do that, now the next next flight they have is a better experience than the last one, and then they're off and running.
4: Okay, so you're going to take them through a classroom atmosphere, then you're going to walk yep. them through an airplane, you're going to talk about the redundant systems, you're going to talk about that it can fly without one engine, you're going to talk Absolutely. about those kinds of things. All yep. right? But then are you going to just lock the doors and take off? <laughs>
8: If I did, I don't. I don't think I'd be welcome at Southwest anymore because they they trusted me not to do that. But it's funny you funny you should say that because I actually have people say, "Now you're not going to move this thing." Out. I said, "No." Yeah. I said, "That'd give me and you in a lot of trouble." But no, the airplane is just static there. I do have a follow-on class and advanced class where we actually do. Uh, you know, people can can hang in there, and we can we all buy a ticket together and we go to. From Phoenix to somewhere in the LA area and back, like Burbank and back, and we got one of those coming up on September
4: sixteenth. So, uh, yeah, okay, you're you're going with them though. You're going to go with them. You're going to sit amongst them, and you're going to help them with their anxiety. They're going to take off Phoenix. They're going to go to Burbank. You're going to have lunch there. You're going to turn around, get on a different airplane with a different crew, and come back. And that kind of process helps lots of people with anxieties about flying.
8: It does. People, yeah, I, I, I warn people, I say, if you fall asleep on the flight, I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to blackmail you. Because people <laughs> can't believe in in two flights that they can come back. And I accuse them. I said, you didn't, you weren't really afraid to fly. You just wanted the doggone attention. But it really is. It's transformative. And uh, and that's, you know, we, we teach them how to get there. You know, we don't just drag them onto an airplane and shut the door and, and kidnap them. We, we, we help, help them lead up to that. So the class is part of it. And learning about redundancies, learning why it's so safe to fly, and learning why you don't have to worry about losing your mind.
4: Okay. Now, the classroom and the the boarding and looking around the airplane—that's free. You just got to go to totally Fearless, yep. fearlessflight.com and sign up. Then you're going to meet someplace in classroom, and then you're going to go out on the airplane and walk around and look at the galley and the bathrooms and the cockpit and where the where the pilots keep all their liquor, all that stuff, right? <laughs>
8: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, okay. we, we, show, we don't give them the key to the liquor cabinet, but we will show them where okay.
4: we're for it, so, yeah. so then the next step is, if they want to be a part of the next step, everybody meets at the airport, everybody gets on a plane, it's a short flight, how how long is it from Phoenix to Burbank?
8: Just a little over an hour, just just the right okay. time to get them up, get them a little time to cruise, yeah.
4: Okay, and now I would imagine you don't do that in the summertime when the plane is bouncing like a big ping pong ball through the heat, right? We
8: we do it year round because i I don't want uh, I don't want my graduates going out there and trying to cherry pick all the flights that they don't think are going to have turbulence on them because you're going to okay. have turbulence sooner or later. So I want them to learn how to okay. how to cope with that. Yep.
4: I used to go to California with a, a lady named Farzi, and uh, we were both on the Ford Consumer Arbitration Board. And I was the technical advisor and she was a better business bureau arbitrator uh-huh. and a professional. And we we'd come home <laughs> during the turbulent time in the afternoon and I can remember <laughs> blood running off my arm. <laughs> she's holding on to my arm and the armrest and she's just her veins and her neck are sticking out and and she got better but it was just there was nothing I could do other than just no. hold her hand or, or yeah. let her hold mine. But but when she used to say this, Mark. Um, she says, when the wings start flapping, I don't know, I just get kind of <laughs> nervous.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Anyway, all righty. Captain Ron, thank you for spending this time with me, folks. I want to say again, fearlessflight.com. And if you want to talk to Captain Ron, then it's Captain Ron at, oh, and Captain is just the four letters, C A P T. It's the abbreviation for Captain. Captain Ron at fearlessflight.com. He's a good guy. I got to sit in my lobby with him not too long ago and talk about this. And He's pretty adamant that his success rate, and I believe him, is something that's abnormal because he he's just a guy that just talks about the airplane and you know he knows what he's talking about. You know he knows when you ask him a question, he's going to tell you the truth. So if you do have a fear of flying, then may I suggest fearlessflight.com. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Automatic Transmission Exchange. If you go down Washington Street anywhere near 40th Street, and you look on the north side of the road, you'll see a sign there that says ATE, Automatic Transmission Exchange. They've been around since 1968. 1968, I hadn't even graduated high school then. So these guys have been around a very long time. They rebuild transmissions, they repair transmissions, they do transfer cases, they do all kinds of that kind of stuff and they do a good job at it. So if you're in the central Phoenix area and you want someone to take a ride with you and you can duplicate the transmission problem, may I suggest that automatic transmission exchange would be the place that you'd go. Now we're going to change paths and we're going to talk about North Scottsdale. Eric Park Auto Service is owned and operated by Nadine. Nadine is a lady. She's been around the block a few times, and very few technicians and people are going to be able to BS Nadine. Nadine has been in the Air Park since 1985. She's on Raintree just east of Hayden, and that's about three or four blocks south of Frank Lloyd Wright. They've been on my best car repair shops list for years, and they're a state-of-the-art clean and green facility. They have just about everything
0: you'd want. That's Air Park Auto in Scottsdale